It's the only way to serve them, isn't it? With all our hearts. Thank you, Bethany, for the beautiful message and song. What a thrill it is for us at Crossroads Baptist Church to have our dear friend, Dr. Don Sisk, back with us. Most of you who've been around here for any length of time know that Dr. Sisk has been coming to Crossroads for a long time. Came for about 36, 37 years in a row. Something called COVID broke the streak, but we're right back where we left off and we thank the Lord for him. He's been a dear friend to us, Crossroads Baptist Church, in our early years of infancy and every year since then. Been here in so many times in our lives, not just for missions conferences, but for COBA, for our building dedications, for our family, and behind the scenes when we've needed him the most. He has impacted more lives than you and I have time to talk about tonight, preaching in countries all over the world. For those of us that know his testimony, we know he served as a pastor here in the States, as a missionary in Japan for 10 years or so. And then for many years, the general director at BIMI, where he helped missionaries get all over the globe. And now every single week, he is still somewhere. I'm amazed on Sunday mornings when we text back and forth. One week, it seems like he tells me he's in Virginia, and the next week, he's in the Philippines. I mean, he makes me tired thinking about it, and yet he's still going at it. I marvel that in just a few days on the 30th, he's going to turn 90 years old. What a blessing. Makes you feel guilty for being tired, doesn't it? We at Crossroads Baptist Church are forever indebted his investment into our lives as a ministry. My family is indebted to his personal investment by way of friendship in us. And I, as a preacher and as a man, am forever indebted for his investment in my life. We thank the Lord. It's not easy getting up and down the road, but he comes and he comes with such a great spirit. His ministry in the pulpit is a blessing, but most of us know that his ministry personally to all of us is an even bigger, even a bigger blessing. So let's give him our hearts as he gives us what God gives him. Welcome back to the pulpit here at Crossroads, Dr. Don Sis. Let's give him a warm welcome to him. Thank you, Dr. Baldwin, for uh, allowing me to come again. Uh, I don't know anywhere in the world I'd rather be tonight than right here. And by the way, I enjoyed that testimony about Pakistan. My son went to Pakistan for about a month, a couple of years ago. Uh, one of the uh, professors at Moody Bible Institute is uh, from Pakistan, and he had encouraged my son to go with him to Pakistan several times. My son at that time was the... Uh, uh, the uh, missions director at Moody Bible Institute. And when he got back home, he said, Dad, I've, I've never seen a more needy place in my whole life. And he said, I was so encouraged by meeting the pastors at Pakistan and uh, the, the burden that they're carrying. And uh, before they went to Pakistan, uh, Brother Sam said to Tim, he said, now, Tim, uh, they bombed a lot of the hotels. But said, uh, so if they know a lot of foreigners are there, they bomb a lot of the hotels. He said, but if you stay at my mom's house, you won't be in any danger. 
And Tim said, that was not a hard decision, okay? <laughs> I'll stay at, at your mom's house. And it is a great blessing to see each of you, your smiling faces. Uh, and uh, I, I hate to think about turning 90. But I don't want to die before then, okay? <laughs> hey, hey by, by the way, uh, Dr. Ball, where'd you go? You left. You left. Okay. Man, I thought I, I thought the rapture was taking place. And the rest of us were left. Okay. And sometimes they say, well, your, your, your number, your birthdays, and your number, it's just, a, it's just a number. You know. And I said, yeah. But 90 is a big number. Amen. <laughs> and, and it is. But uh, uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to, to still preach the word of God and and uh, thank you all for letting me come all of these years. Uh, look in your Bibles at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm not going to use this necessarily as a text, but as uh, something to call our attention to that I'd like to talk to you about tonight. Uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, no, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and verse 1, look what it says. Now, what I want to speak to you about tonight is this. Every believer, a world Christian. Now, think about that, okay? Every believer, a world Christian. Now, I didn't say worldly Christian. We got enough of those, amen. But every believer, a world Christian. And look what Paul says in chapter 4 and verse 1. Let a man so account of us. And by the way, Paul is writing to Christians. He is a Christian. And he's saying, let a man so account of us. And that includes all of us as believers. As of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So notice he said, all of us are ministers of God. He's not just talking about preachers, evangelists, missionaries, and so forth. No, no. All of us. And, and, and we, are, we are stewards of God. Uh, we don't own anything. Uh, we just manage what God puts in our hands for him. We're, we're stewards. And then the, the wonderful thing of this, uh, the only thing that we are accountable for, moreover, it is required It is required of a steward that a man be found successful. Is that what your Bible said? If it is, you've got a real bad translation. No. It is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. We don't have to be something we're not. Uh, all we have to be is to be faithful with what God has put in our hand, what God has given us. And that's a wonderful thing, that we be found faithful. Dear Lord, 
Speak to our hearts through your word tonight. And I, I pray, dear Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross because there's nothing in Don's says that can help people. But Lord, I know who can help them. And I, I pray, dear God, that you would anoint my mind tonight that I could think right. I pray you'd anoint my lips, my tongue, that I could speak right. But most of all, dear Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me that I would be right. Anoint my heart. Lord, I recognize tonight that I'm amongst some of the best friends I have on the face of the earth. And I'd sure like to be a blessing to each of them tonight. But the only way in the world that I could be a blessing to them is that you would bless and use me. Uh, you're the vine. Now, I'm just a branch. And Lord, I come tonight totally dependent upon you, knowing that if the branch is separated from the vine, if that was separated from you, I could absolutely do nothing. So, Lord, use me tonight for your glory, and I'll praise you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Biblical Christianity is far different from what we see in most churches. When we read the New Testament, we are brought face to face with the fact that every believer is expected to be not an observer, but a participant. Let me read you some verses. Acts 2, 44 and 45. And all that believed, I mean, all is pretty simple, amen. All that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, that's not communism. But uh, many of the people had gotten saved and they stayed in Jerusalem and so they, they were having to help them and some of the uh, Christians there, they, they sold their possessions. And, they, and it says here, all that believe were together. Listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And that's not for a few people. Uh, that's for every born-again believer. I want you to open your Bibles for just a minute to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Very familiar verses, but uh, I, I want you to pay particularly a, a particular attention to the pronoun us. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now watch this. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us. Notice that. Reconciled us. Uh, 
To whom does that pronoun refer to? It refers to every born-again believer. He has reconciled us. Uh, at one time, we were alienated from God. We were enemies of God. But thank God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled to God. And the war is over. We have peace with God. And we're no longer his enemies. Now we're his friends. Okay. But he has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now watch this next one. And hath given to us. Now, who does the us refer to back when he's talking about being reconciled? It refers to all of us. And by the way, this us refers to all of us, not just a few, all of us. Hath reconciled and, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In every word, every born-again child of God has been reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus Christ, then God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's our job, is to bring people who are alienated and enemies of God back to God. That's reconciled us to himself. Now notice verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Now, I like this next statement. Look at it. And hath committed unto us. Again, that's all of us. Not just a preacher, not just a deacon, not just a Sunday school teacher. I mean, every born-again child of God. What, what has he given to us? He has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And what's the word of reconciliation? Thank God it's that word we love so much, the gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's given to us. And by the way, since all of us are to be involved in reconciling others to Christ, since all of us have given, the, the committed, has been committed the word of reconciliation, the getting of the gospel to a lost and dying world, then one day all of us, guess what? We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, all of us are accountable to God. And to the judgment seat of Christ, we will give an account to God for the things done in the flesh, whether they be good or whether they be bad. Now, Dr. Kenny Baldwin will have to be responsible for two things. Number one, himself. And number two, Crossroads Baptist Church. I mean, he's the pastor. Uh, Dr. Blue Baldwin, pastor many years. And during those years, and it was him to be responsible for Crossroads Baptist Church. And now, Dr. Kinney, the same thing, responsible. But every one of us, everyone would give an account to God. 
Let me mention something. Biblical Christianity is not a spectator sport. Let me give you a definition of a professional football game. Professional football game consists of 22 men who do not need exercise running up and down a field chasing an airfield pigskin. While 50,000 people who desperately need exercise eat hot dogs and drink pop and things worse than pop and holler and scream at the men on the field. Sad to say, but many professing Christians assume no responsibility in the matter of world evangelization. You think about it. The greatest task in the world, uh, as of November the 15th last year, the world's population reached 8 billion people. That's hard to imagine. 8 billion people. And guess what? All of us ought to be involved in getting the gospel to those 8 billion people. And by the way, Jesus has very clearly set forth our great responsibility. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. By the way, if he hadn't said that, the next verses would have been an impossibility. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to absorb all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Have, have you ever met people that say, uh, you, you know, Brother Sis, my big problem is I don't really understand the Bible. Uh, let me read you one verse and see if you can misunderstand any word in that verse, okay? Uh, look at Mark sixteen fifteen. Mark sixteen fifteen. And, and, and just look at it for a minute, and I'm going to read it, and we're going to think about it, okay? Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, that's pretty simple, isn't it? He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the way, if you can't understand that verse, you're pretty dumb, amen? <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, there's not a word in there that's difficult. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we all know, we can't go to everybody in the world. But through our giving, through our praying, through our going where we can go, and through our living as our preacher told us tonight, we can get the message to the whole world. When we obey our Lord's command, when we go to those that are near us, and when we pray and give financially to those who are 
taking the gospel to those whom we cannot reach. Notice what's happening. Number one, we are following in the footsteps of our Savior. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his step. Think about it. What did Jesus do? And I mean, and I, I could go on and on for the rest of that night. And you need to leave before then, amen? But you just think about it. He took a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish and he fed 5,000 men beside the women and the children. He walked up to a tomb one day and said, Lazarus came forth, and a dead man walked out of the tomb. He went to a blind man and touched him, and the blind man's eyes were open. He went to the deaf, and he opened deaf ears. But listen to Jesus. What is the main reason that you came to the earth? Uh, was it to feed people? Was it to heal people? Uh, was it to do great teaching like you did on the Sermon on the Mount? And let's let Jesus tell us what he came to earth for. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which were lost. You say, but brother says, we can't save anybody. But we can seek and we can tell them who can save them. And by the way, none of us ever saved anybody. It doesn't matter how good of a preacher it may be. They, they saved nobody. Uh, Andrew didn't save Peter. But he told him who could save him. Uh, and you could go on. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And by the way. That's the most important thing in the whole world. When we are following the steps of Jesus, when we're involved in reaching the lost, and by the way, there's so many ways to get involved. In any church, there's so many things that need to be done. And by the way, nothing is unimportant. And uh, I, I love the statement somebody made, and I, I think I read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 quite often, okay? Everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. Everybody. Think about that. Everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. And you say, well, I, I clean the church. Okay, you're involved. Uh, I keep the nursery. Thank God for you. Amen. <laughs> you're involved. I'm, I remember when we start, first started having a nursery down in Kentucky. That's kind of backward anyway. Okay. But uh, it's one man came up to me and said, we don't need a nursery. That if you can't preach louder than a baby can cry, uh, you ain't called of God anyway. And I said, I can preach louder than any baby can cry. But if I'm preaching and the baby's crying, guess who they're listening to? Not my preaching. Hey, it doesn't matter what you do. You're involved. You're involved. And when you're involved, you're following 
the steps of Jesus. By the way, when we are involved in world evangelization, we are fulfilling the mandate of our Lord. The Great Commission, given in Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. All of the gospel writers include the command. And by the way, it is not a suggestion. It's not a request. It's a mandate. It's a command. It's not something we do if we have time left over. No, all of us are to be involved. Now, another thing. When we are involved in world evangelization, we're paying our debt. Uh, listen to the Apostle Paul. I'm a debtor. And most of us can say, welcome to the club, amen. So are we. But notice what Paul said. I'm a debtor. And by the way, he didn't say, I'm in debt to Jesus. And, and you're not in debt to Jesus. Salvation is a free gift. If somebody gives you something, you don't owe them for it. But we are, we are in debt to somebody. And listen to what Paul said. I'm a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. <coughs> for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. How do you get in debt to all those people, Paul? I got saved. Uh, I was on the road to Damascus, and uh, I was going down there to arrest Christians and have them killed. Uh, I wanted to wipe out the name of Jesus Christ. But on the road to Damascus, I met the master. And uh, everything changed. And the greatest persecutor of the church became the greatest proclaimer of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I get saved, then I owe the rest of the world the opportunity to trust Christ as their Lord and Savior. When we are involved in world evangelization, regardless of where we're at, regardless of what we're doing, and by the way, what you're doing is not unimportant. We are following. We are paying our debt. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Wow. And aren't you glad? It's still going. Paul told Timothy. Timothy told others. And down through the generations, every generation have had those that are doing what Paul told Timothy to do. And guess what? Already in heaven, there are untold millions of people that are there because somebody got
got involved and told them about Jesus. Let me read you one verse from the book of the Revelation. You might, you might like to turn your Bible because uh, 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 some people have a hard time believing this, okay? Uh, look at Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. I've met certain kind of Baptists that believe just the ones that are in their little group are the only ones going to heaven. How dumb they are, amen. And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, hey, which no man could number, an innumerable multitude of people are going to be in heaven. Of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues and stood before the throne and before the Lord clothed with white robes and palms in their hand and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God for he setteth upon the throne and into the Lamb. Not a one of them said, well, I got here because I was a good man. I got here because I got baptized. I got here because, you know, I, I gave money to... No, no, no. Every one of them is praising the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Let me give you one other thing we're doing. When I'm involved, in world evangelization. And thank God this church has been involved from the conception. I think of all the good things that God has given to Crossroads Baptist Church. And I believe from the depth of my heart, much of it is because from the very beginning, they got involved in world evangelization. Let me mention one other thing. When we are involved in world evangelization, we are performing our task as ambassadors of Christ. Every once in a while somebody says, well, I don't have a very important position in the church. Let me tell you something tonight. You are an ambassador. Hey, that's a pretty high position. But you are an ambassador. Uh, notice again in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world in himself, not imputing their trespasses in it, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now listen to this next statement. Now then, we, we, that pronoun again, uh, refers not just to Paul, but to all the Christians. We are ambassadors for Christ. And an, an ambassador, he goes to a foreign area and he represents his country. And he's not representing himself. He's not going there to get rich. He is representing the company or the country from which he is and by the way 
We are ambassadors for Christ. And Christ is not here physically tonight. But I'm here. And you're here. And it doesn't matter where we go. We are an ambassador for Christ. Okay, what's an ambassador doing? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray in Christ did. Be reconciled to God. What are we to be doing as we were to be going to a lost and dying world and saying to them, be reconciled to God. Jesus Christ has died for your sin. He was buried. He's resurrected from the grave. And he's willing and ready to save all who will come to him. This week, each member of Crossroads Baptist Church Tonight should determine, by the grace of God, I want to do all that I can for my Savior so that everyone of the 8 billion people on planet Earth can hear the gospel at least one time. We were not simply called to salvation. Thank God for that. Thank God that we're saved, amen. But uh, salvation is not just a far escape from hell. No. Salvation is just the beginning. And, and now we are his ambassadors. Uh, we are following in his steps. We are paying our debt. And this year, when you determine... What am I going to do for missions? I hope you'll consider our Lord. We're not simply called to salvation, but to be servants to our Lord in fulfilling his purpose for our life. Listen from the high priestly prayer as Jesus is praying for you. And he says to God, the Father, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. In other words, Jesus said, uh, we're not going to pray that God would take, but, but we are going to pray for them, that God would keep them from evil. They're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, now listen to this. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. You're sent one. And that's what a missionary is. A sent one. And uh, we may not ever go to some foreign country. We may. And if God would speak to your heart about that, that would be a wonderful thing. Nothing, nothing that a church can do brings more joy and great happiness to a church than seeing God call out people that will go to other places and do what they have learned to do in your church. Jesus came to save and to give. And that should be the great ministry of each of us. Our job is to serve and to give. 
And in going so, we would become like him. And that's God's desire for each of us. Let me beseech you in closing. Take it personally. Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It doesn't matter about your educational attainment. It doesn't matter about your social life and so forth. Take it personally. How involved am I? Would you think about that? Would you just stop for a few minutes tonight and just think, how involved am I in fulfilling the Great Commission? How involved am I in God's plan to evangelize the world? I believe it from the depth of my heart that this precious blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to save every person that's ever lived, every person that's living now or that will ever live. I do not believe that he died only for a few people. I believe that he died for the sins of the whole world. Little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Am I an observer or am I a participant? Sad to say, but many of God's children are just observers. They're just watching, but they never really get involved. How involved are you? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Let's think about that for just a minute before the piano starts playing. How involved am I? By the way, when an ambassador goes to a foreign country, uh, they are observed by those people there. The world is watching us. What kind of an ambassador are they seeing? How involved am I? Am I an observer or am I a participant? Our pastor's going to come and pray for us, and he'll conduct the invitation as God leads him. Pastor. Are you a world Christian? You know, missions conference after missions conference, it, it really doesn't matter how you spin it. It just boils down to the same stuff. Hey, listen, you're in the game or you're watching it. There's two, there's two things. You, you, you're either a participant or a spectator. And there's some areas in life where we, we just can't participate. We're we're not good enough, we're not fast enough, we're not young enough, we're not old enough, we're not rich enough, we're not smart enough. 
And so we're forced to watch. Because some things, if we got involved, we'd be sad we did. But this gospel thing, there's a spot for everybody. Everybody can go. Everybody can share the gospel. Everybody meets somebody. Everybody bumps into somebody. Everybody can pass out a gospel track. Everybody can share the gospel. Everybody can post it. Everybody can leave the good news somewhere. Everybody can talk to your sphere of influence. Everybody. Everybody can pray. How many believe you can pray? Yeah. Now watch this now. Everybody can give. So I can't go to Pakistan. You can give. I can't go to Brazil. You can give. I can't go to these countries. You can give. You can pray. At some point, we're going to have to get off the bench and get in the game. And we're going to have you move. I'm not going to move with your feet, but we're going to ask you to move in your heart. Let's just all be introspective. How many say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart. There's some area of my life I've got to get from spectating to participating. I'm talking about world evangelization. There's a whole lot of Bible we can talk about tonight. I'm talking about you doing something to help reach the world. Pastor, God spoke to me. There's some area in my life I've got to get in the game. If that's you, put your hand up all over the building. I've got to do better. Bless you. Now, here's what we need to do right in your seat right now. You start rehearsing practical ways you can do it. Because I'm doing good, keep putting our hand up, we ain't going to do anything about it. First thing some people need to do is leave the building, go right to the back, and grab some gospel tracks. Let's make sure there's plenty of them in there. You can start tonight. You can stop on the way home and get in the game. Tomorrow morning or tonight, you can get out on your knees and pray for folks to be saved. Pray for our missionaries. And Sunday, we're going to take commitments. Sunday school, 945 after it's over, 11 o'clock after it's over, 6 o'clock. After, we're going to take commitments. And we, Listen, you can get in the game. You can put something on that commitment to give every single week through Crossroads Baptist Church for worldwide evangelization. You will never stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say, Lord, they wouldn't let me in the game. Now, you might have to answer as to why you didn't get in. Let's do something about it. Don't come back here tomorrow night and put your hand up for the same thing. Let's do something about it. So how many, raise your hand tonight if you say, I've got a trial in my life. I cannot fix it. Put your hand up. Come on. I've got a trial in my life. I cannot fix it. All right, put your hand down. Put your other hand up if you can do something about world evangelization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we got to do what we can. Quit. Quit being a spectator and start being a participant. Some Christians spend their whole Christian life and never do anything for anybody else to get saved. They just, they just eat it up. And all of us do it sometimes and don't even think about it. We just go all day long, worry about paying bills and driving the car and filling up with gas and make sure we eat what we want to eat and let the world go to hell. Say amen if you think we ought to do better. Say amen if you're committed to doing better. Here's the invitation. 
There it is. You, you're going to do it in your heart right where you are. You and God know what you can do. Some of you don't have the knees, the legs, the strength, the youth to run up and down apartment complexes knocking on doors. There ain't no excuse for not praying. Everybody can do it. You got a phone, right? Tell somebody about Jesus. Now, Father, thank you for what you've done. And I pray you've spoken to our hearts that we're all better as a result of it. We love you, we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you thank for the preacher, give